It's time for Rama for Today. I, uh, I would set up with him at night time, and he's still, still unconscious and under, under a, an oxygen tent. And uh, the doctor said, I asked one of the doctors about him, he said, now, Reverend, I'll just tell you the truth about him. He said, we do not know the extent of his injuries, how much inwardly we do know his left lung is deflated because we can't even move him to take him to the x-ray room. He said, uh, he's still in shock. He's never come out of shock. How he's lived this long, we don't know it. When he got here two nights ago, his blood pressure was zero. And after 45 minutes, he said his blood pressure was only 40. How he's lived, we don't know. But I did know. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his classic teaching, The Believer's Authority, next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Now you can open your Bibles if you like to the book of Ephesians. There are two key phrases letter in this letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. In the first chapter of Ephesians in the 20th verse, and set him, talking about Jesus now, at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus is there at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places, and that right hand is the place of authority. And then in Ephesians 2, 6, he says, and has raised us up together. Hallelujah. Us here refers to the church, has raised us up together and made us to sit together. Hallelujah. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So therefore, we are there at that place of authority also. Now we need to realize that. Do we have authority? Does the church have authority that she's not realized yet? I am convinced that she does. I'm convinced that she does. I'm convinced that there may be a few of us that's gotten into the edge of that authority. But I'm convinced that before Jesus comes again that there's going to be a whole company of believers that arise up with the authority that's theirs, know what's theirs, and do the work that God intended that they should do. I think sometimes we sort of stumble up on some of these things. I'll tell you the thing that started me to searching along this line and studying along this line because a lot of times we just go along with what's been taught us. We don't do any searching of our own or, or think beyond a certain place. But in the last church that I pastored, my Sunday school superintendent, who was a pumper in the East Texas oil field, fell off of the down into some machinery out there on the lease. And uh, when I got out there, the doctor was there working over him and he said to me, because they had said to me, a lot of people were there, and they said to me that he's dead. So when I went up and knelt down on the ground beside the doctor, Dr. Garrett and Brother Haynes, and he looked like he's dead. And Dr. Garrett whispered to him and said, Brother Egan said, I thought that he was dead. 
but said he isn't. He, he's not quite dead, but he will die. He can't live. And he said, you take Mrs. Haynes apart and prepare her. Well, I uh, did take her to one side, and she said to me before I could ever say anything, said, Brother Hagin said, Dr. Garrett don't think Daddy lived, does he? I said, no. Well, she said, isn't it wonderful that you and I have inside information? <laughs> Hallelujah. That meant in information inside the Bible, you see. We've got an inside, praise God. Are you listening to me? Isn't it good to have inside information? I said, yes, that's right, Sister Haynes, we'll agree. So we agreed and prayed, and he kept on living. Now, he lay out there under the ground, on the ground. They'd wrapped him up in blankets and so on, and they wouldn't move him. The doctor said, if we move him, we'll kill him. He was that critical, you see. And he kept laying there, you see, until over an hour went by. The ambulance is backed up there waiting on, but the doctor said he just, you know, he, he, in fact, I did say he was dead, and he was momentarily, but said, I, if, we, if we move him, we'll kill him. Finally, he said to me, well, I don't know how he's kept living. I've given him everything I know to do. We're going to try to get him into the hospital. Now, we're out in the oil field, the nearest hospital or a large town where they would have facility to see after would be in Tyler, Texas, which is 30 miles away, over 30 miles away. And so uh, he said, I think the doctor realized that we're holding him here. So he said, Reverend Hang, I'll tell you what. We'll put him in the ambulance and I'll follow the ambulance out here in our little town out to the city limits and then I'll give him another shot. And you ride back there with him in the ambulance and we'll ask the ambulance driver just to go as fast as he can go and we'll just hope that we can get there in time. I've, we've already phoned ahead and they've alerted the hospital and so, of course, we made it in. When we got there, well, there's three doctors waiting for him. Well, to make a long story short, three days, three nights later, I, uh, I would set up with him at nighttime, and he's still unconscious and under, under a, an oxygen tent. And uh, the doctor said, I asked one of the doctors about him, he said, now, Reverend, I'll just tell you the truth about him. He said, we do not know the extent of his injuries, how much inwardly we do know his left lung is deflated because we can't even move him to take him to the x-ray room. He said, uh, he's still in shock. He's never come out of shock. How he's lived this long, we don't know it. When he got here two nights ago, his blood pressure was zero. And after 45 minutes, he said his blood pressure was only 40. How he's lived, we don't know. But I did know. And then he said, I'll be honest with you, he, he's, he's not coming out of shock. We've done everything we know to do. We've given him all the blood plasma and all the shots and everything that we medically know to do. And instead of him coming out of it, he's going the other way. I'll tell you the truth. He's going, and he's going fast now. Well, uh, you can control the situation if you know your rights and privileges and your authority as long as you are there. If you get away from it, it'll start slipping from you. He looked good. His color was good. I was sitting there, but this is the third night I've sat up all night long. And so about 2 o'clock in the morning, I dozed off to sleep. Now, there's a special nurse with him. He, he's under what they call now intensive care. And, and, so, and they insisted that somebody be there because he's just that far gone, you see. And she sort of brushed against me, really going around bed looking at him. You know, and when I, when I came, when I awakened and I looked, I thought he's dead. He looked it. I said to her, is he dead? She said, I thought he was, but he isn't quite. But I know I'm not supposed to tell you, but 
this two o'clock morning said he'll never live to seven o'clock in the morning. But I got up and left the room, went out in the hall two o'clock in the morning first in that hospital. And just in a whisper out there in the hospital, I just simply said, and I don't know how come me to say it. I just don't know how come me to say it. I'd never said it before. I just said, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. I said, uh, he's only 49 years old. You promised us at least 70, 80 years or even more as far as that's concerned. Don't just stop there. Claim that much and then when you get up there, see how much more you want. <laughs> that may be all you want. You see. Amen. Don't settle for anything less and, uh, and uh, claim all you can, all you want. But I said, he's only 49. He's not old enough to die. And I just pled my case. I said, I, he's my Sunday school superintendent. And I need him. And if I need him, you need him. You're the great shepherd. I'm the under shepherd. Whatever I need, you need. And I'm just not going to let him die. And besides that, even physical death is an enemy. It's not a friend. It's the last enemy that'll be put underfoot. So I just rebuke death and command him to live in Jesus' name. Well, I went back in the room. He's breathing easy. His color looks good. Nurse sat down reading a magazine. Well, I sat down, though, and the minute I fell off to sleep, he started dying. I got up and went through the same thing again. And then the third time, I went back in about 4 o'clock, you know, and fell off to sleep. He started dying. I got up and went through the same maneuver. Just said, I'm not going to let him die. And so when the doctor came in at 8 o'clock the next morning, I was still there, one of the doctors. And he picked the oxygen tent up and moved up off of his chest and listened across his chest. And, and he pulled the stethoscope out of his ears real quick and said to the nurse, get stretched, get stretched. He looked at me just startled like said, he's come out of it. He's come out of it. He's come out of it. He said, you know, he might live now. <laughs> well, I, I knew he would. I mean, something on the inside of me is turning hand spring. Well, they took him to the x-ray room and they x-rayed him and everything come back, told him what all was wrong with him, what all he'd broken up the inside and everything, you know. And the doctor said to me, he's got a 50-50 chance to live. Well, I knew he had a 100% chance. I didn't tell him so. But. <laughs> now, here's what I started to tell you. When he came back to church after it's all over, and incidentally, one th among one thing the doctor said to me, he said, in x-ray him, his left elbow, and he was left-handed, wrote all of his reports of how much oil these wells pump, 12 wells you know, pump it into big uh, tanks, tanks, you see. He keep a, you know, measure, keep a record right with the left hand because he's left-handed. And so the doctor said, his left elbow is just shattered into a thousand pieces, just splinters. And there's nothing you can do about it. It'll always be stiff. And we didn't know whether he wanted his arm out that way stiff or whether it'd be like it. So we fixed, they just wrapped it up that way where you see he could work his shoulder, you know, and have some movement here. But he can use that elbow. And they paid him $2,500 for the use, the insurance company did, for the loss of the use of his left elbow or left arm. And him standing there showing him, see, I can use that. <laughs> and they said, yes, but we go by the doctor's report and the doctor said you can't. <laughs> now, what's strange here is, here is a continual, continuous miracle. Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Kenneth W. Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. I want to tell you about this month's radio offer. This month we're offering Kenneth W. Hagan's four CD set, How to Be an Overcomer. We're also offering Lynette Hagan's CD, Defeating Satan's Strategies Through Prayer. 
Last but not least is Kenneth E. Hagan's book entitled The Art of Prayer. All these items at the special price of $35. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Living Faith Conferences coming up. We are going to be in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, January the 21st through the 23rd. That's at Champion Life Church. That's Pastors Roddy and Daniel Schaefer. You can go to rhema.org and get all the information. And then we're going to go over to St. Augustine, Florida. That's Wednesday through Friday, 24th through 26th. Mm -hmm. Anchor Faith Church, Pastors Earl and Marcy Glisson. And go to rhema.org slash LFC. gives you all the information that you need to know about. Well, in fact, if you want to know about anything about our Living Faith conferences, uh, they're all on there. We've got them scheduled for the whole year. So you can go find out where we're going to be. But listen, make some plans now to come on down there to Florida. Get out of the snow. I can guarantee. I don't know how warm it'll be. It's probably be warm, but I guarantee you there'll be no snow. No snow. So if you're in the snow area, come on down there and be with us. If you know people in that area where we're going to be, let them know about it so they can come out and enjoy uh, that time together with us. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll free. 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagan will continue his message, The Believer's Authority. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.